and welcome to Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elcheson. With me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Simon. Adam, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Scott? I am doing excellent, and I have a fantastic question for you this week to kick off the show. When you're on a road trip, what responsibilities are delegated to the person riding shotgun? Definitely music and audio. Yep. And also keeping the people in the backseat quiet if I can't hear the the driver, cannot hear the GPS. Good. Yep. I'm right there with you. It is, they are in charge of music and navigation. That is their sole responsibility. And I have actually kicked people out of shotgun for poor performance. Uh, so wow. I do. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a very high bar to ride shotgun in any road trips uh, in, in my car. Listeners, we have a super exciting episode for you this week. Uh, Carolina Arguez, the head of augmented reality at Snapchat, is back on floor nine to discuss a lot of the announcements that came out at the recent Snapchat par- Partner Summit, as well as some of the uh, developments and the vision Snapchat has for their platform going into 2021. So myself and Adam had a fantastic conversation with her. We're excited to bring this uh, to you. I mean, Adam, uh, any highlights that you, that you want to share with the listeners before we jump in? No, I mean, I think we get really into it in terms of not only the new the announcements uh, that were from the Snap Partner Summit, which I think they did roll out a bunch of great new new features uh, for brands, especially things like brand pages, but also just how to think about AR as a a little bit of a paradigm shift, where it's not just it shouldn't just be thought about as a marketing channel, but it should be thought about at every stage of your product development and engagement cycle. And I think that's super interesting. Absolutely. I learned a lot from this episode and speaking with Carolina. So with that, listeners, we're going to dive straight into our conversation with Carolina Arguez from Snapchat. I hope you enjoy. I am super excited to welcome the show, Carolina. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we are super excited. Uh, and as you know, we love talking about AR. So uh, thank you again for uh, coming on the show. Uh, so with that, let's just dive right into uh, our questions as we have many of them. I want to first start with this one. There were a lot of announcements this year at Snapchat's Partner Summit. Are there any in particular that you're most excited about? Because there was a fire hose. <laughs> You're right. There were so many updates. Uh, some might say too many updates. Um, I think at the kind of very top level, I'm really most excited about how we're showcasing the evolution of Snapchat from a toy to a tool. We have built some of the most sophisticated technology and innovative user experiences in the industry. At first, it seems all fun and games, but really, it has been a very intentional journey of building consumer behavior shifts in order to reimagine a world where the camera is the starting point for how you live each day, a world where your map is personalized to you and your friends, a world where you can authentically communicate without the fears of judgment and permanence. And for businesses, I think this year's Snap Partner Summit really started to show how we are opening up our platform so that they can help us reimagine that world for people, changing the way that they themselves as a business are discovered through a personal map, the way that they're connected with customers and become part of the conversation, the way that they're allowing people to now not only see their products, but actually try them on and experience them. 
And so when it comes to all of the features, there are so many that are allowing us to do this. Um, but features like public profiles for businesses is actually really the starting point for how partners can start to take advantage of the you know now over 500 million monthly active users on Snapchat. Um, and that's really the starting point, that connective tissue, which really allows our partners to start to get involved with all of the announcements we talked about with virtual try-on, with everything we talked about around new content creation tools, with working with creators, integrating with our map, um, and which all of that will be tied to their advertising and marketing. So I think that's probably one of the most important uh, updates, even though okay. it perhaps feels less glamorous as things <laughs> like multi-user AR. Which right, right. <laughs> well, it's, it's that core foundation um, that a brand can kind of you know, get to the platform and start, start from there. It's, it's interesting. We start, we're starting to see similarities between that and like, like Shopify for like for commerce in a way, like there's a lot of innovation happening in the commerce space through like that third party marketplace and integrations through Shopify. Um, and so I, I see that like that same similarity where this is now like a landing page uh, where uh, a brand can come and really take advantage of the Snapchat platform, the product offerings, you know, by establishing this, this public profile. Yeah. Exactly. Really, it's like we've sort of created these five apps within our app with all the different tabs, you know, from the map to chat to the camera to stories and spotlight. And we've allowed brands to get involved in that through promotion of ads. But for the first time, we're really allowing them to actually help us in each of those surfaces bring very interesting content, both useful content and fun content across it. Um, and it's allowing us to build this more authentic, ongoing relationship between a brand and, and a Snapchatter. Absolutely. I want to quickly talk about how you mentioned how you're like you're transitioning Snapchat from this idea of a toy to a tool. Um, I thought that was a really interesting framing, especially when it comes to augmented reality. It seems like sometimes the maybe like those first experiments or maybe myths that brands held, whereas that this really was focused on the entertainment side of the business. But there's a lot of opportunity uh, for AR to provide some sort of like utility to help solve a, you know, a user challenge or, or even a product challenge um, through augmented reality. So do you really see that sort of same mantra extending into the augmented reality product and the camera product that is, that is at the core of Snapchat? 100%. We have always thought of the camera as so much more than a tool for capture and then even a tool for entertainment. For us, the camera is actually just the window into the world so that you can take the power of digital content from things like very utilitarian things like reviews or information and actually marry that up with not only what's in front of you, but you as a person. Everyone talks about personalization. Everyone talks about how important it is. But there's a challenge you to think about something more personal than your own face or your own living room. And so when you think about how that solves challenges from challenges within shopping um, to challenges within you know, travel um, and, and so much far in between and challenges even within kind of entertainment of it being personal. I think that's where we believe so strongly in the cameras, actually because of its ability to solve those problems. You saw a lot of updates this year at the Snap Partner Summit specific to shopping. Um, and when we're thinking about shopping, 
we were really starting with the pain points. And that is what has really led us to a lot of the investments and the strategy around shopping is because so many companies like Shopify, you mentioned, or Amazon, a lot of retailers have done incredible work to innovate around convenience and access around shopping, especially with the rise of digital. Um, you can now access any shop. You can more seamlessly check out. You don't have to be in limited to the stores physically around you. But we believe that there's been new problems that have arisen um, that no one has really solved for in a way that we think can be solved for. And that's really around the experience of shopping. Shopping's more than the transaction. And we believe that when you start to think about the experience of getting advice from your friends, the experience of being able to try something on before you buy it, and even the experience of the emotional connection you make with a brand when you walk into the store, the smell of the store, the way it's located and, and how it's all oriented, all of those things are about the shopping experience. And that's what we're really focused on is solving those, those problems around high return rates or low shopper confidence and shopper loyalty, environmental waste. That's really how we're approaching you know, shopping. Yeah, I think after many years of e-commerce all kind of looking the same, we're finally getting to a point where, uh, you know, all of the low-hanging fruit was 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 picked. Uh, we know which products and which categories work in that sort of standard e-commerce format. And now we're seeing a lot of experimentation with, okay, how do we get everything else to work with e-commerce? And it seems like AR was maybe the first idea, but that there's actually a whole bunch of ideas that you're bringing to market through your different the different sort of product pillars of the platform that are are very focused on how do we recreate some of the other things uh, other parts of shopping that haven't really found a home online yet. Yeah, exactly right. And and that's that's what I'd say is we're thinking about a deeply personal experience. And that's our mantra about a deeply personal experience and to your point we're thinking about solving them with a few different pillars. Now, yes, we're leading with the camera in many of those, because again, we just believe the camera is so powerful there, but it's not just virtual try-on. You know, you've seen that a bit. When we think about virtual try-on, the way that we're trying to solve for virtual try-on is really not just showcasing a couple examples. We're really thinking about systematic platforms that make it easy for businesses to actually have those experiences at scale to be able to do that in a way that's going to actually drive their business forward and a way where our Snapchatters know where to find them, are finding them at scale and are delivering win-win-win value. Value for the Snapchatter to help them make that decision. Value for the business because they're going to see an efficiency in return on ads if they're promoting it or even just reduction of returns of how that can integrate into their platform. And we believe that that's actually going to bring a win you know, to Snap because it's going to help us empower that and even empower our creator community of incredible artists who can help businesses and help them grow their business in solve of that. Um, so it's definitely something that for us, of course, leading with the camera, but virtual try-on, of course, being one key pillar. Uh, but other ones around the store experience. You know, We started to experiment with things like multi-user uh, experiences, which we call connected lenses. These are shared AR experiences. Um, which we have launching in a beta called Connected Lenses. And it allows multiple people to be in an experience together, the same lens together, whether they're sitting shoulder to shoulder or halfway across the world. 
And so we're even thinking about that format as a way to rethink about the friendship part of shopping. Um, and we're also experimenting with, of course, not just how all of this lives on your business profile, your virtual storefront is how we think about it. Um, and lastly, how do we give you just a super flexible canvas to experiment with based on our platform? And that's really where Snap Minis come into play, which I think maybe partners are a little bit less familiar with Snap Minis, uh, but it's really the opportunity to create an experience for your business um, that lives all custom. You build it. It's an HTML5 format, so you can build whatever you want there. And it lives within the Snapchat application. You could tap into the friend graph. Uh, you can bring people together and it's accessed through chat um, or through our minis tray. So it's an exciting new canvas for exploration that is, again, just tied to deeply personal experiences. Yeah, you mentioned collaborative augmented reality. Have you seen an, an increased interest in that from the consumer side of things because of the very odd year that we had over the past year? And if not that, like, were there any other surprises in how people are using the platform and augmented reality in particular that have how that have emerged over the past year or so? You know, there's a big, you know, surge of, of wanting to connect with your close friends, but we're actually really excited about the reemergence of us coming kind of back out into the physical world because, you know, being able to go make plans with friends, go into the physical world and capture the world around you, you know, we actually expect an even larger boost in, in behavior after uh, people are reemerging rather than just during. I do think what's interesting, though, is kind of what happened with businesses throughout the pandemic, uh, specific to AR. Um, for us, we believe AR and AR try-on is not a fleeting solve for the pandemic. <laughs> as long as there is shopping online, there is a need to want to have a better decision-making framework for how you buy that product. So as long as everyone agrees that online shopping will continue to grow, the need for AR continues to grow. This is not a pandemic only. However, it did accelerate the need to want to invest early. We kind of like saw that is what happened during the pandemic was this acceleration of the want, desire to start to invest today rather than like saying like, yeah, I get it. We'll start to get to that strategy, uh, which is interesting. And what we also saw in one of our research studies more on the consumer side was that since the pandemic, the Snapchat generation, this age cohort, has become three times more likely than non-Snapchatters to actually use AR try-on. So there was definitely a consumer reaction to that as well, of course. Um, but it's pretty pretty awesome to see businesses start to prioritize the investment uh, today uh, because the behavior is already there. <laughs> that's like that's the thing. It's just the behavior is there, and if you're not there, you're literally just missing the opportunity. Like if your business doesn't have a camera strategy, then you're just you're behind the curve already because uh, it's where Gen Z and millennials are. Um, and I, I think that that's an important area of investment for businesses and brands to just think about. I spent a long time thinking about my digital strategy. Oh gosh, imagine being behind the curve there. Many were and, and they, they struggled. Then social media strategy, then mobile strategy. Well, really feel bad because I think everyone felt like they finally cracked all of those things. So the next thing is already here. Uh, it's called a camera strategy. <laughs> and it's time that uh, brands start to figure it out. So I'm curious, it's like seen as like, you know, Snap is, is a leader in AR is like, are, are you starting to uncover just more in-depth insights into how and what role AR plays within that entire shopping journey? Um, because I think that's something that is 
still like up for grabs as like, you know, where do these experiences fit the best across a brand's shopper journey? Like, is it an awareness play? Is it driving purchase? Is it um, like a shared experience? Is it both online and offline kind of coming together to create like a new digital and physical experience? Like, I'm curious to hear from, from you, like how you're thinking about this, like that larger role of AR across just these different pillars within the shopper journey. I love this question. <laughs> I was like smiling and a little <laughs> bit laughing while you were saying it because we, we think about this a lot. And, you know, it's tough. I think from my experience, it's, it's easier for people to want to bucket it in one place because then it feels like they understand it and they can put it into a playbook for that. But AR should be thought of the same as video. Video isn't awareness. Video is any objective across your customer's funnel, but the creative that you put in that video, the way that you target that video, the way that they see that video, and even the action which you're calling to them within that video, those are the factors that change it from something that's upper funnel versus something that's lower funnel. And so when we're thinking about our roadmap for AR enhancements, we are 100% thinking about it through the lens of the customer's journey with a business and actually thinking about optimizing all of those parts of how the camera can make those each area of that more effective. So whether it is broad awareness of a brand, uh, which, yes, features that are actually much more focused on the user than necessarily even just like the brand. Like how do you just become something that people are familiar with, a brand familiar with, they generally know what you stand for. There are a lot of more simple experiences that are more focused on the user where your brand can appear and create a lot of just upper funnel, kind of just like very upper funnel awareness. Then you start to move a little bit down. You want to say, okay, now I want to get them to understand a bit more about like my unique value proposition. I want to start to show them or an environment where they can discover. Yes, something like a virtual store to be able to do that. Absolutely amazing opportunity. What about when you're in the store? AR can hugely impact and increase your relationship of that store experience. Product packaging is (laughs) one of the examples of AR that to me is so ripe for like this next level of like kind of like immersive marketing essentially the i've like today seen demos you know of people experimenting on twitter or these other kind of forms of like how and in what ways you can leverage all of this new technology that has been packed into a phone to really create exciting new product packaging experiences and i think you know that is something as people start to get more accustomed to scanning with QR codes that they get more and more adoption of knowing that these cameras, these devices can scan and understand logos and all that recognition. Um, To me, that's like a way to stand out in the physical environment through a digital channel. What I think people don't realize is that this technology is publicly available for anyone to use and ready to go. And we just haven't seen I think businesses integrate that AR and the idea that their product packaging no longer ends with the physical plastic border of their box. It is now as big as you want it to be. You're no longer limited by the number of very small number of characters that you can include on that label. You can now have an extension when someone just points at your product so that when they take it home, they're able to get a tutorial of how to assemble it 
get a tutorial of how to use it and even become an advocate for you because you give them a really fun creative tool to be able to go share out that they just purchased you. How do you turn them into advocates? All of that is available. And of course, there are QR codes, which you're right. People much more know understand now what to do with them. But even with things like marker detection, which you know we've launched in Lens Studio, you can actually create an AR experience that's tied to a specific image. And that image could be the image on the front part of your product packaging, publish that. And so now every time someone scans that image, they'll unlock that experience and you didn't even have to put in a huge QR code in the front of your product packaging, which might get hard to get approval to do. Creative teams yeah. might um, say no to that one. <laughs> that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Big yellow ghost to replace your logo. Well, I think that's super important though, too, because we hear from brands that we work with all the time, how difficult it is to impact the packaging at all and how much lead time there is on adding something to the package. So first of all, you have to convince everybody in the entire product life cycle to buy into that. And then also you have to do it so far in advance of shipping the product that it, it becomes sort of a hurdle. So the idea that you can scan the logo and the shape of the packaging, for example, and trigger those more immersive in-depth experiences off of that, I think is, is very important um, because it does allow for those as you said, per post-purchase experiences that enhance your use of the product, whether that is something like assembly or just uh, something, some experience that they're unlocking and, and enjoying and is really helping with like the brand love and engagement. Uh, I just think it's important that we're at a point where we don't have to make those decisions 24 months in advance because that's what our, our packaging life cycle looks like. Yeah, 100%. I also think it takes this is one of the challenges, right? Is it can't just come also from like marketing wanting to push for that execution that's next quarter. It really comes from AR needing to be a core part of the strategy across an organization. Um, it needs to be a big part, bigger part of the conversation, even from the core, you know, product packaging teams, right? Like those teams figuring out what that package looks like should really also be thinking about the digital layer around that physical good that they're producing. You're no longer bound by the physical world, your physical real estate, your physical products. You actually have the world as your canvas. What are you doing with it? Because if you're not doing anything with it, you're basically just losing an opportunity. And actually, eventually, maybe someone else will do it for you, which you might not want. You might want to take control of that. And I think that's an important area for, for businesses to start to lean into and take advantage of really. Interesting. I had this running theory that I keep telling Adam that, you know, back in 2000 and the early 90s, that's when people got their start in technology by building websites. And now in, you know, 2010 on or 2020, I forgot what year it is, <laughs> 2021, um, you know, AR, like AR lenses, AR experiences are going to be like the new website. And that, that's going to be like the, like the introduction to how individuals are going to kind of be like starting their world of technology. Um, Scott, that's, yeah, that's how we think about it a lot. I mean, it's basically like, why, why is that? If you strip that back, what that means is that the canvas for, you know, web was your screen, your mobile screen or your desktop screen. And in order to be a part of that, you basically had to create a website. That was the format. The format was the website because that was the interface. The interface and the format was, you know, your screen. And so you built a website in order to fill that screen to be able to reach them, which is the format of the website. Well, the screen is changing and the screen is moving from just a screen to a camera. 
how is your format for the camera? What is it? Because that's what's going everywhere. It's going in your gym equipment. <laughs> it's in your homes. It's in your phones. It's in your glasses, um, which is obviously, you know, in a, a bigger emerging trend that that's happening. But how are you prepared for that new canvas? Because it's no longer a website on a screen. What is your next version of your website? Now that, that's what AR is. So how should your products be featured? How should your message be featured? And, you know, how are you thinking about growing that competency and that, that content um, because the format has, has changed? And, you know, it's just an important shift um, that people start to really think about bigger um, than just like the one-off uh, really fun, uh, you know, activations. Yeah, I think the sort of inherent shift and I think the, the inherent tension that's at a lot of what you're talking about is that this shift is to AR is really the intersection of the digital world and the physical world. And that means that it's not just your product packaging or your marketing or the, your product experience itself. It's all of those things at once. And it's, I think that's maybe where, where some of our, some of the brands get tripped up a little bit in that it's, Maybe our the way that we think about structuring our our product development cycle is actually needs to be rethought for a world in which AR is like a key component of uh, of the product experience um, because it it is I think sort of charging straight through a lot of the the silos that uh, exist in a lot of companies. Well, no, I need to talk about NFTs a little bit uh, with your background. I mean, it, it also is it also is the product, right. <laughs> not just the experience around the product. And so, you know, what's I think what's really interesting about gosh, one of my most favorite examples from Snap Partner Summit, uh, which you know I don't know if people really picked up on it because there's too many announcements, which was um, from one of our top AR creators called Ami, and she is a kind of fashion, really focuses on the fashion space. Um, check out her work if you haven't seen it, but. Basically, what she did is she used a new feature, which we launched in Lens Studio, which allows a creator or a brand partner to tap into a huge list of visual search categories. And what you can do is build an experience that's reactive to what is identified in the camera. So what did she build? One example of what you could do with this and what she built was this experience where your actual clothing changes based on what's around you. Think about what that means for the future of, of fashion. I wasn't familiar with that specific example, but we talk about that idea of fashion becoming purely digital in the future, that it becomes a canvas that you can sort of rewrite and that can do things like change in response to what's in the environment. I think that's a good pivot to, I, I think, one of the the... Uh, most exciting announcements, <laughs> which uh, was uh, was the new spectacles, um, which, you know, we I, I think that it's exciting because we know it's a very early days. We're not at the point where we're going to throw on some spectacles and see your beautiful dress change as you walk through the world. Um, but we're clearly headed in that direction. And uh, so I guess thinking about it today, what is what is the sort of job to be done for for spectacles before we get to that world where we can sort of represent a true hybrid of digi the digital and physical. We are launching this version of Spectacles only to a set of approved creative technologists and creators. It's not a consumer product. People cannot go out and buy them. They're only for those creators. And the reason why is because we need to learn 
what type of content that you can build in one studio, by the way, because our soft, we want our software to just power cameras everywhere, including wearables, including spectacles, right? So you same software that they're super familiar with. What are the types of content and how do you need to build content there that works with a wearable screen versus your camera screen? That's really what's going to help us make the best software in the world so that when we're ready, creators everywhere, businesses everywhere, partners everywhere can actually be creating for success rather than just like a shot in the absolute dark. Because that's sort of where we are right now. It's just the beginning of the journey. And so we want to take steps towards this future because it's important we start to learn. Um, and, and we want to be able to create a platform that allows you to do that instantaneously, literally in minutes, you can create in Lens Studio and see it live in the glasses. That is extremely hard to achieve. You don't have that with, you know, basically the, the other platforms. It's really, it takes time, hours, if not days to like get that ready to process. And that instantaneous feedback loop for creators to iterate and learn and experiment with is just the beginning. Because ultimately, if everyone has glasses, but you don't have any content, then literally you have nothing to do. So content is such a critical pillar. So when we think about wearables, that's what we're really thinking about. We need to think about the software to, to create it and, and what type of creation and content works as we think about what that evolution will look like from a consumer adoption so that it just makes sense. So that's super interesting. Um, and I have a question for you is, how are you approaching um, branded AR ads and advertising on the Snapchat platform? For brands, I, I get this question a lot. People still think sometimes that AR for brands, even for, for AR marketing is like new. It's like, oh, we've been doing it for eight years. And um, actually it's like thousands of brands globally have been testing. We're not thinking about one-off tests. So we're thinking about optimizations. I mean, our roadmap right now for marketing, for advertising, for AR advertising is incredible. You know, you basically right now almost have entirely full, you know, full parity on the optimizations that we offer for AR delivered in the camera as we do with our video product in the auction. So we are optimizing your AR experience to get in front of someone who's going to put it on their face when who's also most likely to share it or most likely to click to go to your website. Um, those are the types of optimizations that we have in place already with AR today because we're basically working on efficiency of optimization of delivery because Everything else has really been proven. And we're seeing that in the results. And I think that's pretty exciting. You know, we have from, you know, Dior, who's seeing a 6.2x return on ad spend, American Eagle driving a $2 million in incremental sales from their AR campaign, tiny emerging brands like Nikian, which is a Swiss, Swiss clothing brand, um, who shot a 30% higher return on ad spend versus other platforms. This is where an experimental AR format. So, all of that means to say is that, you know, it takes step level changes to get to where you are. We've done it on mobile and we're using the foundation of the richness of our ecosystem of creators and our powerful software and studio that we've already built and really starting to do that same journey on wearables to just get us ready so that it's actually going to hopefully you know, be a better experience and, and kind of work. Uh, for both consumers and, and for developers and businesses. Right. So on that note, I am I am curious then for the brands that are still maybe in the test and learn phase or are still new, 
what can they be doing today to set themselves up for success when it comes to um, A, or advertising, in, and in particular on the Snapchat platform? Yeah, that's a really good question. A couple of things. One, you have to start with your objective. It goes back to where you see this fitting in your funnel. Here, let, let, let us help you understand how it can fit in your funnel with validation of how that actually drives results based on different metrics. Let us work with you to figure out where are your biggest areas that you're trying to grow, like your, your big kind of pain points, like it's loyalty. It's actually like at, at the store disruption and, and awareness and breaking through. It's actually no, just like top of funnel, like just filling the funnel of people aware of my brand or consideration of my brand. Let us guide you then within that strategy. And if it's multiple things, let's think about it multiple ways. But let's break it apart so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. And those are just like some of the guidelines. You just have to start with your objective, have to start with your goal, work back into the use case, think about the consumer experience, not just your goal as well, or that one number that you kind of really want to see. Let's think about those things. What is your product in AR? What does it look like in AR? And how is that just permanently on your organic profile and then used with ads? when it's the right season to target the right people to drive the conversions you want to, we want to think about. So almost like think about your content layer first based on your objectives and then use tools like targeting and optimization, you know, seasonally and, or even always on as it makes sense. Uh, But you sort of need to start to invest in AR and the content around AR, you know, first, and it should be an always on kind of content machine, but then you just use distribution to drive those goals. And that's just how ads work on video, right? So that's the big thing here is like, you know, we don't have to like reinvent the wheel here. (laughs) Let's just like try to apply the same practices we use for other formats with AR and let us help you do it. Um, If it feels overwhelming or it feels a little bit intimidating. Uh, That captures probably everything I was going to say other than remember 3D assets. Uh, we just got to put that in every time that we talk about AR because that continues to be one of our our top recommendations. And and to your point, it's a great way to get familiar with the types, the even like the terminology, right? And understanding, um, you know, how and in what ways you you need to talk to uh, the creators, the developers, uh, to make sure uh, things go smoothly from a production standpoint. So. We talked about a lot. There was a lot to digest. Uh, Carolina, is there anything else coming up uh, from a Snapchat perspective that you think our audience and our brand should know about? Well, they're probably overwhelmed with how much we already have. <laughs> uh, but what, what I say about what we're doing is we're really investing in trying to make it easier, making it easier to create those 3D assets that you just talked about, <laughs> making it easier to create those experiences making it more performant, making it more effective, building it into the tools they're already using and giving them new tools that are really, really valuable for their business. That's what we're focused on. And hopefully they'll see that over time. Uh, Start today. And we we promise that we're starting to try to make it better, easier, more effective. Um, That's the goal. Fantastic. Well, Carolina, thank you so much for joining us on Floor 9. Um, Where can our listeners find you on the internet? Do you have a preferred social channel to get in contact with? Uh, Yeah, sure. LinkedIn and Twitter are cool for me. Fantastic. Well, there you go, listeners. Hi, this is Luke Stillman from the Magna Intelligence team. This week, we publish new global and U.S. ad forecasts 
and things are looking good for the ad economy this year. Global ad spend will increase by 14%, an all-time high, to reach $650 billion. This growth is fueled by the rollout of COVID vaccines, as well as by consumers' spending to catch up on lost time. Most of the growth will, of course, come from digital media formats, which will increase by 20% and represent 64% of total advertiser budgets. U.S. ad spend will grow by 15%, an all-time high, to reach more than $250 billion. That includes an incredible 35% growth rate in Q2 as we lapped those initial COVID quarantine shutdowns. You can find out more on our web portal, The Magna Atlas. If you're interested in getting access, or if you have any questions, please email us, forecasting at magnaglobal.com. Thanks. Listeners, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Floor 9. You can find myself and Adam in the lab on Twitter. I am at T-I-P-P-I-E-R. Adam is at Adam J. Simon, and our lab account is at IPG Lab. So definitely go check it out. We love having conversations with all of our listeners on uh, social when possible. And a reminder, if you're part of the IPG Media Brands family, we have a Teams channel that you can join. Uh, So feel free to join and jump into the conversation where we're talking about different episodes and future topics and uh, just kind of spreading that innovation. So it's a great time. Come on in. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week. (laughs) 